0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Hard Obsessive Podcast. I'm one half your hosting with JP Nunes. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host Sean
1: Parker. How's it going, Sean? It's it's okay at the moment. I just don't want anything to like fall on me now that I've said it's okay. <laughs> Everything's going okay.
0: All right. Alright. It <laughs> could be worse. That's right. I'll take that as a win.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um what about you, how you been?
0: Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Uh you know watching movies, writing stuff, the yeah. usual.
1: Finishing I'm up not. Fantasia, moving on yeah, to yeah. Fright Fest. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs>
0: I, I I, don't have any more Fantasia movies to do, but I've got uh, a, a, a few Fright Fest movies. I, I've already watched a few of them. I still have a few more, to, a bunch more to do, so, you know. No, I fun. hear you.
1: I, I've got I, – I started Fright Fest. I, I watched a couple so far for Fright Fest liking the lineup so far i gotta say that the i probably should i probably shouldn't say what i watched it because
0: yeah probably not seen <laughs>
1: uh, but uh what i've seen so far has been pretty good i'm very okay i'm, I'm cool. liking this transition cool. but uh fantasia uh i've got one left that i'm doing i'm doing skin deep uh that that'll okay. be on by the time this podcast airs so i can mention that one All skin right. deep was an in- interesting film jp what's it about it, it's So like, it's kind of got that, like, uh, we're going to the island and you kind of have that ominous feeling, but then it turns out to be more of a, it's very much more on the lines of a romantic drama, I guess you would say. And then Mm. really just drives home the idea of uh, not feeling comfortable in your own skin.
0: Mm. Yeah, it doesn't, it's it's
1: not very, it's very much a genre film versus a, Mm. uh, versus a horror film, but it, it was very good. It was very well done. I uh definitely enjoyed it. And, uh, okay, cool. Difference. How about you? Cool. Uh what are you watching right
0: now? Oh man. Uh, let's see. So since we last talked, let's see I've done a bunch I actually did a bunch of Fantasia movies um since since we recorded our last episode. Um so for example I saw this one called New Life. So it kind of starts off as a mystery thriller. Uh, this woman, she's she's on the run from this mysterious organization. You don't know why, and then it takes a big turn and becomes something very different. And it's awesome. So if you, so when this movie comes out, I highly recommend watching it. What was it called again? New Life.
1: New Life. Okay. Yeah, that looked good. I thought that one looked uh,
0: really good. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw It Lives Inside, which uh, I've been wanting to see for a while. So, th- so this was coming out in theaters next month, actually. And it played at Fantasia, and luckily I was able to get a screener for it. It's a supernatural, uh, kind of like a demon-ish kind of a movie, except instead of being based in Christianity, it's it's based in Indian culture. So I'm pretty sure the, 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 the entity in it is from, like, Hinduism, either that or it's some just... It, it's from Indian lore. I'm not sure if it's exactly Hindu or not, but it's it's not Christian, um, which I actually appreciate it uh, because we get too much, we, we get too many like just stereotypical Judeo Christian demons in our genre. Um, so I really appreciated that it's it's something different.
1: What's another Baphomet? You know, like yeah, who cares, <laughs> exactly. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So it it was it was really good. Uh, so I really enjoyed it but probably the best movie that I saw at the festival at Fantasia is a movie called motherland. It's uh it's a stop motion animated fantasy adventure and it's fantastic. It's, it's not really horror, but it has, it's horror, ag- horror tangential almost.
1: Another <laughs> genre film, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it has a, a a big magical bear with glowing eyes, so that that's kind of a monster. <laughs> uh, it, awesome movie, awesome movie. So yeah, I a few others. So you know, if you guys want to check those out, I, I'd I'd highly recommend them. Pretty much, or not, not pretty much, but all of the movies that saw at Fantasia this year were were excellent. Um, I don't know what it was like for you, but the movies I covered this festival this year were were great. So if you guys want to check out any of the ones I wrote about, I'd recommend all of
1: them. No, I had a good festival too. I, uh, I can't think of anything right off the top of my head that I was really disappointed in that I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also took a lot of sort of outside the spectrum kind of things. Not, not so horror, horror. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. more horror right. adjacent uh, pictures. But uh, also, like, a lot of genre things. I, I really did enjoy, like, uh, Hundreds of Beavers and the Fantastic Golem Adventures. And Restore Point, I, you know, I'm kind of in the middle, but I really liked where it was going, like, what it was trying to do. Uh, very okay. runner film. so. Ooh, you know, okay. I, but, yeah, I, uh, I can't say I saw anything that I particularly went, no, that's just poor. You know, like, I, there's, there's mm. nothing that I, I thought was bad. Okay, and uh, with fright fest around the corner, I'm hoping that tradition continues. So, (laughs) hopefully,
0: we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Another movie I saw um, have a review up. They just came out uh, the other day. Is um, is a little movie called Brightwood?
1: Yeah, I'm mad at you. Yeah, (laughs) you know, Sean. You know this. This is a movie that the that Dane poured his heart and soul into. A movie about relation. First of all, I gotta ask you a question. I think you have stuff against movies that are about relationships because every time we get into okay, first of all, today we're talking about what lies beneath, and I I know for a fact you're gonna have problems with this, movie, yeah. <laughs> which is yeah. realistically about relationships. Uh, and then okay. there was a there was another film recently that we talked about that oh the relationship in Insidious. Right, the, oh, I why, mean, why Patrick Wilson's character is a piece? Okay, of shit, but right? like but,
0: <laughs> but I like the relationship in The Conjuring.
1: Yes, yes, because it's it's nice. It's not messy.
0: Okay, but it's still, it's a relationship.
1: It's yeah, but what I'm saying is the messy relationships, the ones that that you know. People are doing terrible things to each other. And well, those, then, are the, those are the ones that you don't like, I think.
0: Then maybe people should make better movies about messy relationships.
1: I think you just need the characters to make better choices. But no, I like no, I don't there, think watching pl- the characters make poor choices. There
0: are plenty of movies that I like that have messy relationships. And I'm just going to talk more until I can think of one. <laughs>
1: I mean, I knew you were doing that, but I wasn't going to tell anybody.
0: I, 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 have, I'm sure there – I'd have to think about it, but oh, I'm sure, sure I, there are more.
1: I just you know? I, I've noticed a pattern. I wanted to point it out. But, yeah. The,
0: <laughs> okay. So <laughs> and in my defense, and also in the movie's defense, oddly enough, and I mentioned this in my review, I think part of my problem with it Maybe even most of my problem with it is that the trailer gives away something that I think, if you know it going in, the movie loses a ton of its power. Okay,
1: but how can you say that that's the movie's fault and not whoever cut the trailer?
0: Not saying that's the movie's fault. And in my review, I say, you know, that it could just be the trailer's fault rather than the movie's fault. Why did I like it? but I, I mean, at the end of the day, I still didn't enjoy the movie. But it could be more the trailer's fault than the movie's fault.
1: Uh, you're missing out. Those guys are great. Uh, Dane, Dana, I, I'm sure Max. they're great people. You you missed <laughs> no. out during you missed out that week. That you, that you I, did,
0: out. I did, I yeah. did, and they're, that they're was not on purpose.
1: <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that, but you know, it's, it's nice to hear. I think. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Now I, I I I saw Brightwood after that, so. I, that was not on purpose, I promise. <laughs>
1: uh, well, Brightwood's out next week. Uh, JP hated it. Mm. I loved it. Uh, I wouldn't maybe... say I
0: hated it.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, yeah I, that's, I mean. That's a wrong
0: that's
1: <laughs> word. You know. Uh, but moving on from from Brightwood to uh, I, Hal did the Shutter movie of the week this week, which is uh, Bad Things. Mm, mm-hmm. it is another movie about relationships. I'm pretty sure you're going to hate this one too, just just because.
0: I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I might. I might. You never know. Well,
1: it's out on Shutter uh, this. I think it's out now. Yeah, it's out now. So uh, yeah, go and go check out that, and then on Tuesday check out Brightwood because it's worth it.
0: Uh so another interesting news piece dropped recently, about a week or so ago. Talk to me is getting a sequel. Have have uh, have you seen it yet?
1: If I could find time to actually go out and sit down at a theater, <laughs> it would be marvelous. Right now, I'm not. I'm not even lying. But just
0: okay. Thing after okay. thing after thing.
1: So next week, I'm actually I'm I'm taking a, a nice sabbatical. So, mm, okay. I plan on doing oh, one week Yeah, I, I pl- well, it's like a vacation, right? Like, so I'm just mm. I'm planning on doing nothing basically. I I want to catch up on some uh, video games. I want to catch up on, <laughs> on mm-hmm. my box of movies, which I really haven't uh, kept up with because of all of the festival stuff. Uh, I'm going to put a little bit more effort into Fright Fest as well. Um, I think there were a few interview opportunities too that I was considering. So it's we're, you know, it's going to be a nice, it's going to be a nice week, but it's going to be more about me than, you know, everyone else. So, okay. But, I, you know,
0: fun. you, you need that sometimes.
1: Yeah. I need to, I, I need a nice little, uh, mental health break. I think so mental health is to important. It. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Should we, uh, should we dive into the shallow end of the bathtub here?
0: That sounds kind of weird, but yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was trying to come up with a let's go fishing thing, but uh, you know, you that's, know that's but as good as I he, got.
0: <laughs> and it came out, you want to take a bath with me? I mean, you hey, know. Yeah, uh, you know, I could do it, worse. <laughs> you could do a lot worse than me, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's get into it. We're going to. What, what's this movie's tagline? Uh, does for bathtubs what Jaws did for the water?
0: Oh, yeah. You know, going to make America stinky again.
1: I, that's not what? no. <laughs>
0: well, because you're not going to get into a bathtub. So you're not going to take a bath. or
1: a shower. You can get into you can get into a shower that isn't a bathtub. Those exist. Those.
0: Well, I know, but you know, I'm just trying to I'm trying to to bring it to present day and make it relevant to people.
1: Present? Uh, you act like this movie is like <laughs> sis, like a hundred years old. This movie's only like thirty. <laughs> it's not uh, even thirty. It's
0: twenty three years old.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, it's 2000. I thought it was 99. Yeah, Even still. Um, well, 99 is
0: still not, been not.
1: <laughs> I get it. I'm not mathing <laughs> today. It's okay. I've forgiven myself. All right. So, because you're going to ask me anyway, What Lies Beneath is a Yeah, Sean, movie what's this movie about? Two- See? Told you. So, it's a movie about, uh, from the year 2000. It stars Michelle Pfeiffer and Han Solo. This woman is basically at the like discovering the empty nest portion of her life. Uh, She's ready to get back into, you know, her things from being a a mom for the last 18 years. Her daughter, who she's best friend with has gone off to college and she's finally trying to rekindle things between her and her husband. Now there's some stuff in the, in the background, like a year before she was in a, a car wreck. She doesn't, she's not fully healed from it yet. There's still some residual damage there as well uh both traumatically speaking and just psychologically so uh the movie begins in a bathtub kind of goes (laughs) that way too um and realistically it's a ghost story a woman is is haunted by this other woman she has no idea what's going on until she discovers a link between the dead woman and her husband It becomes a very, her husband, who is played by Harrison Ford, is a researcher at a university up there. They never really tell you where he's a teacher or researcher. He's doing research on something that's going to make him famous, let's say. And uh, he's trying to get that way because his father was famous. And there's like, there's a whole lot of, uh, you know, I'm going to beat people and I'm going to be impressive if, you know, whatever going on with him. So uh, this all ends in a weird situation <laughs> where uh, things come to light and there. Yeah. It's uh sure I, wait, I don't know. I don't know why I'm being so dodgy about the ending. Maybe it's just by like, why Sean? Yeah. It's like, we're going to, we're going to talk gonna about it, it anyway. It anyway so. So, <laughs> for anybody who uh, hasn't seen it yet. And for anybody that hasn't yeah. seen it yet, I guess fast forward this part, but we're yeah. going to talk about it. In this don't podcast listen anyway. to us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, basically comes to pass that she finds out that her husband is the killer and that, uh, you you know, basically she's been, she never saw it before. Kind of, kind of deal. And, um, I really dig this movie. I think it's, uh, I think it's a good summertime, late summertime film. I think this movie came out around this time when it did come out. It came out on July July 21st. 21st. Yes. I feel like it's a good summertime thriller. we don't get a whole lot of like adult thrillers anymore either. Like, especially like good ones such. I know you, that term is relative. Cause I know you're not so keen on this film, but uh, <laughs> I, I do think that we don't get a whole lot of good adult thrillers anymore. And this one mixes a lot of supernatural aspects in from ghosts, possession, witchcraft. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in this one. Uh, and Bob Zemeckis, who basically brought tales from the crypt to life and has been the dark castle pictures and things like that has been a huge fan of horror and really doesn't have a ton of, uh, directorial credits to that, to speaking to that. I mean, I think it's like the witches, the, the new one, mm-hmm. I guess you could call Beowulf, maybe a ghost story at points and a horror tale at points. Yeah. Uh, Death becomes her, which is one of my favorites of all time. I love that movie. But yeah, I mean, beyond that, there's not really a whole lot he did in the in the horror realm. So it's uh, it's nice to see a, a horror picture by Robert Zemeckis. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. So
0: so you said there, you said that they don't make too many adult thrillers anymore. What what exactly do you mean by like what exactly constitutes an adult
1: thriller? In, in well, your I, mind? you know, I watched. Did you watch Spoonful of Sugar on Sugar? Yeah, I can't—is it either sugar or sugar? A spoonful of Shudder uh, on sugar. A spoonful of Shudder on sugar. Yeah, no, a Spoonful I did not. of sugar on Shudder. It was um, it was the first time that I had seen the sort of it, because it's kind of got all of the elements of like the hand that rocks the cradle, which was a, a Curtis Hanson mm-hmm. film, and then um, what what's the other one? Um. Fatal Attraction mm-hmm. uh, and, and things like that. We don't get a whole lot of that Fatal Attraction, Unlawful Entry. Like, we don't see a lot of those movies anymore. And I th- and I think that's really something. Uh, you know, I, I think that I would love to see more of those movies. Even uh, movies like Falling Down with uh, Michael Douglas, that I, I think is absolutely incredible. Uh, Joel Schumacher film. We don't get that. that. That's a movie that I feel like the basis to is taken a lot more now so if you've never seen falling down you're basically watching this guy and rooting for this guy and then about halfway through you realize that he's the villain in (laughs) in the film and the perspective shift is wild and it's it it's one of those films that i uh you know you don't realize until you watch it that you're like holy shit you know that was a good one you know (laughs) yeah i can't I'd, i'd recommend that too But yeah, why do you ask on the the thriller front?
0: I'm just just curious um, because I don't think we we normally hear the term adult thriller all that much, uh, or at least I normally don't.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying is adult thrillers don't exist anymore. So adult thriller usually implies some sort of sexual uh, nature to the film too, and and this one – this one starts off that way. Like, this one has that element. Uh, perfect murder, uh, unfaithful, <laughs> fatal attraction. Like, oh, these are yeah. all movies that have some sort of, like, sex element to them. Okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, in the thing. So that's why they call them adult thrillers. Or yeah, sometimes yeah. erotic thrillers. Erotic thrillers real... is the term <laughs>
0: that I'm more familiar with, yeah. Yeah,
1: but that that's more like body double. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's more like over the top sexualized. Uh, basic Instinct. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. there those ones I'd put in more of the erotic. Maybe even like Poison Ivy in um The Crush. You know, because there is a whole a much bigger sexual element to those films.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh and you you're right, yeah, we, we we don't get those kinds of movies today very much. Um most thrillers are either kind of more in the more this, this kind of straight up horror end of thriller, um, or kind of more on the action end. You know, yeah, I was get, gonna
1: say the, the kitschy action end for yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, we, we don't normally get that like domestic kind of you know adult characters just living their lives and thrillerish things happening to them kind of oh, stuff. Oh yeah, no, for you sure.
1: Know? It's it's rare, and when it does happen, I I try to celebrate. Every once in a while, though, you get some that are just like. Uh, what was it, Paradise Cove? Uh, a couple of years ago, that really tried to do the Pacific Heights and Unlawful Entry thing, and it just sort of failed because the movie's just kind of on the tone deaf end.
0: Hmm. I, I didn't see that one.
1: Yeah, um, Kristen Van, I think it's Van Bower Stratton, who uh, who was in True Blood. I don't remember. I don't remember her character's name in True Blood, but um, she was very good in it. It was just that the movie itself just <laughs> didn't really touch on any issues other than sort of the paranoia aspects of Hmm. of what it was. So it just, yeah, just, just faltered.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's get back to, uh, to what lies beneath. So like, what, what exactly do you like about this movie? Because to be honest, I found it just, just terribly bland. Really, and, like it's not. I mean, it's not terrible. And if I'm like with friends and they're like, "Hey, you know what I want to watch? I want to watch What Lies Beneath." I wouldn't be like, <laughs> "No, we're not watching that."
1: That's I, a terrible it, party though. movie. That it, I mean, seriously, well, I mean, it's, yeah, not, it's not a party movie for sure. No, like but
0: but you know, j- just you know, so to speak, if, if yeah. my friends wanted to say that, you know, like I I, I wouldn't be like, "No, no, no, I, I'm not watching that movie." um you're but, not
1: shutting it down, but you're cautiously taking them. I'm aside, not gonna going to suggest it.
0: <laughs> you no, know, you know, if if if, if they want to watch it, fine. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to ever suggest it. I'm never going to be like, "Hey, I want to watch a movie." Oh, you know what I'm going to watch? What Lies Beneath. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. unless my day has just been too good and
1: I need something <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I know that. Like, okay, so. I remember, so I watched this movie, probably half of it back in like 2000 when it came to DVD and Mm -hmm. I never got to see the rest of it. You know, like you, you kind of get, you kind of get the hook going. And probably when I was in my first or second apartment, I, I rented it on Netflix and yeah, we rented the, the actual disc by the way on Netflix.
0: (laughs) I remember those days.
1: (laughs) Thank God they're over. No. (laughs) So uh, I, yeah, so I ended up watching it and I got really enthralled until, until the ending. And to be honest with you, the ending didn't affect me as much this time. I thought the ending was a little bit better than I remembered it. Uh, So that, that helped. I think really what stayed in my mind was, especially back then, I think it looks a little bit better in HD is Hmm, the, the effects themselves, like the, the cheesy sort of computer generated special effects mm-hmm. but it really is just the movie just sort of ends like after they they do the whole you know and hold on because i do take i do take a little bit of uh like hold on movie wait a second like back up like you just literally pushed her car into the water at the boat ramp and no one ever noticed like, <laughs> like seriously, their boat just—she runs the truck into the water, and her car is right underneath them. No one ever found that. They just went off a boat ramp. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a yeah. sleepy town. That is a sleepy town. That is uh, yeah, apparently not great uh, for the local police department. There, that's not a win. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, other than uh, like. Then they, we see her at the cemetery, and she's not looking at the the husband's Norman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she's not looking you. at Norman's gravestone. I've clicked out of everything. I'm, I'm on she, Bob Zemeckis now. Um, <laughs> see, this yeah, is, she's uh, this
0: is, uh, she's looking at the 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 girl's gravestone.
1: Yeah, she's looking at yeah. the uh, gravestone of Madison. Madison. Madison, yeah. played by Amber Viada. So yeah, we see she's at Madison's gravestone instead. Uh, and that's the end. Like, it's just so super, like, that's it, just matter-of-factly. I mean,
0: and... the story's over, you know, like, she no, threw out the okay. mystery, and then the bad so guy for... died, and, you know. No, 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 on.
1: no, I'm not saying, like, it's it's an ending, but it's kind of a lackluster ending. Like, I sometimes we get the the character sitting at the side of the road, like with the, the cup of cocoa or whatever in the blanket inside the ambulance going, wow, you really went through one hell of an ordeal, you know,
0: (laughs) you wanted that in this movie. Yeah,
1: no, I'm I'm just saying like, there's usually a wrap up. There's usually something that's a little extended and maybe even promotes a bit of fear after the fact. Um, And especially considering this is a Bob Zemeckis picture and a uh, Tales from the Crypt sort of like that's an alumni of tales with the grip you almost expect it and when it doesn't happen you're like okay so we're we're doing like the 1950s ghost story ending we're just cutting it off here and then we're throwing up the the end and that's it which is pretty much what the movie does and it is it's just a 1950s ghost story
0: i mean that's that's not i don't think that's terribly different from the you know sitting in the ambulance and you know wrapping things up i mean when you do that, you're just kind of telling the audience what we already know.
1: So- no, no, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm pushing for here is that little extra, the piece where we walk out of the theater and we go, Oh, that's going to happen. You know, like, so like, if I don't know, she's in the ambulance and something else ghostly kind of happens. You get that pseudo feeling, you get that tales from the crypt style. This isn't over yet. Uh, and especially if you're exiting the theater and you're going home and you're talking with your friends or whoever you want to see the film with, you have that little bit of what do you think's gonna happen? Do you think it was a ghost like you have that uh, sort okay, of conversation okay. piece, and we don't we, like it's just sort of a very pensive huh okay you know
0: yes but but. That doesn't make the ending not abrupt. Like whether the ending is abrupt or not is no, a completely different issue yeah. from
1: I think it whether... wraps it up better for sure. You I think, I think so? if you have you know I think if you leave a couple extra minutes it wraps it up better for sure. But I'm also a kid of the nineties, you know, like like nineties movies always did that, like that exact well, yeah. ending that I described in the ambulance, yeah. like that. It's tailor made I mean, for that.
0: It, yeah, does it really wrap things up better? I mean, that it—not it,
1: saying better. I'm any, not, <laughs> no one ever said better.
0: Anything, <laughs> well, no, or maybe not better, but does it really? Does it wrap it up more? Because you're, because you're, you're actually. It seems like you're wrapping it up less by leaving the door open for the story to not actually be over.
1: That's the a way fair one ends, point.
0: The story's definitively over.
1: No, that's a fair yeah. enough point. You can see it however you want to. Like, mm-hmm. that's fine. I just, I think I would prefer. That's that's me. I would just prefer a little bit no, more that, on that. That's pack. fair. That's all That's fair. All right.
0: So you still didn't answer my question. So what do you actually like?
1: Oh, what do I actually like? So movie? okay. So I'm watching the film. First of all, the music and the cinematography are absolutely gorgeous. And I think I was really thinking about it watching this last night. And I, I actually had to shut it off because I I took my nephew to see Moana. Well, my brother and uh, his uh, fiance uh, took my nephew to see (laughs) Moana and I joined them. I should say it that way. And I got home probably about nine o'clock and I, I threw this on after I had something to eat and all that stuff. And I'm just, I, i I'm tired. I'm a tired boy. (laughs) I got about an hour in and I had to stop it and go to bed. So I watched the last hour today, uh, before we did the podcast. And the first thing that I would say, I I noticed that I really enjoyed cinematography hands down because this movie would not have been, I don't think this movie would have been anywhere near as good because I, I will agree with you. I do think that the, the script itself is bland. I think the script is very bland. Um, which was written by, do you know who wrote this?
0: Uh, if you ask me in a few seconds, I will. <laughs>
1: uh, Clark Gregg. Ga- guy from Avengers, Clark Gregg.
0: Oh, wow, yes, yeah, the
1: same wo- Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Agent Colson, Clark Gregg, <laughs> oh, um, wrote this movie. With Zara, uh, okay. I'm going to mess up this name, uh, Kurnochin, who has won two Oscars. Okay, Best Documentary 2002. Well, well so and,
0: so yeah. according to Wikipedia, at least, Sarah, uh, she just has a story by credit, not a screenplay credit. Okay. So, so that makes more sense. It tells to, us a little think... bit
1: more, too. But the other thing is she's a documentarian as well. And it is, like I said, it is a kind of a bland story. I'll give you that. But I don't think that this would have been as good had Mecca's not put his hands on. cinematography wise and like, especially there's a scene where there's a couple of scenes right at the beginning that denote Kubrick. And there was another one uh, that I saw off the bat too, but especially when she's entering the bathroom with the steam rising up through the door, uh, she opens the door and we get that pan inward that just Mm -hmm. like, you're watching it and you go, this is like entering the bathroom of 237 in the shining. You Mm -hmm. know, like you're expecting Mm -hmm. there to be a ghost or a creature in the bathtub or or whatever you want to go with there. And it it doesn't happen like it's just the bathtub's full and then she sees the reflection of the the ghost like she sees Madison's reflection and it gets kind of scary from there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't think that. Had anyone else done this, it would have been nearly as cinematic looking. Like I think this Mm -hmm. would have could could have been a straight to TV movie had it not been for the actors and the director.
0: Oh, yeah, it it definitely could have. I think the the story is even apart from the script. I think just the story, just kind of overall, it's it's not even just bland. It's it's it feels like a ripoff of other movies. Like the first part of it is Rear Window. Yeah, that was it the other the one. Was
1: Hitchcock? You, yeah, um, Changeling. I, don't I mean the think whole.
0: So. Yeah, I mean you know the 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 whole idea of. Of a ghost coming back and haunting somebody, so that the person can figure out who killed them, or not, not, not or maybe not who killed them. As I said, well, oh yeah, who killed them? You know, like yeah, no,
1: Ch- I- Ch- changeling does. Okay, so story, yeah, story yeah, wise, okay, it, I, I story get wise, you. yeah, I get your reference there. Yeah, uh, I look at this as more of anything William Castle or uh, basically just those classic horror movie directors of like the fifties and sixties. Just sort of put together, but Rear Window—that was the other one that I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it's, it was it's totally Rear Window, yeah. yeah. Uh, when well, she's got the, she's even got the the binoculars out, looking through James Remar's, <laughs> uh window. I'm surprised that they didn't come back in the movie too. Like that becomes such a big storyline at the very start of the film. Oh
0: yeah, and then, and then the movie just completely abandons it.
1: I honestly, in the second half, where. Uh, after Harrison Ford's been, like, knocked unconscious and he's laying on the floor and the... Yeah, I thought that was going to end up being Remar's character from next door. Like, come over to his, I heard a scream, I came to check, and he's knocked... Now it's gotten totally out of control, and there's no way out mm-hmm. to deal. Mm-hmm. But I do think it plays better the other way, where it's self-contained, and he can sort of explain himself out of it, like he did the first time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think... That- I think they could have gone in some interesting directions if they had done I know if the neighbor had come over, yeah um but i it, it, it could have gone either way. that whole twist, I think is interesting because on the one hand, that was really the one thing I liked about the movie is that the movie sets you up to think one thing to think that you know to think that it's about. The, the neighbors, you know, and how the guy killed his wife and everything. And then it pulls the rug out from under you and says, oh no, it's actually, you know, she's actually still alive. You know, I uh, and, and, and that kind of threw me for a loop a bit. I wasn't expecting that. Um, but at the same time.
1: Mm? Oh, I was going to say, it, so it does do a lot of the Hitchcockian um, MacGuffins. It, it does throw mm-hmm. a ton of MacGuffins at you. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, even, the witchcraft and and a ghost story and all of that like you could have written the same movie without like with all of those elements being there and never going into any of them like you could do it completely without the ghost story portion of this mm-hmm. and yeah, it would have yeah. made sense as just a regular thriller like no supernatural mm-hmm. aspects needed but going into that stuff is kind of fun like i do think we uh especially in that scene where he puts her back in the bathtub and sees the other woman and basically hurts himself because of it mm, mm, i think yeah, that's yeah. a it's a great scene like <laughs> it definitely that brings an interesting suspense. little
0: scene yeah yeah but but for for me even though i like the twist kind of in theory in practice it felt like it made that whole first part of the movie
1: completely pointless i don't think it's pointless i think it's the catalyst the way i look at it is this movie is very big on rising tension so it's always just brief little bumps and then you know mm-hmm. be, like brief ri- rising bumps and it gets to a point where like those bumps get closer and closer together so i really mm-hmm. enjoy the pace of this yeah it's maybe a little on the long side i think it's 2 hours and 2 minutes
0: 10 minutes 12, 2 hours 10. and 10 minutes yeah.
1: uh but yeah it it doesn't feel it doesn't feel that long to me like in all honesty, I never had a problem with the pacing, the start of the film with all of the rear window stuff that is to get you on the empty nest sort of syndrome with uh, Claire Claire's character. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to set you up is so you see him put her in the hysterical light. All right. Because that is his job as the, you know, he's really like Harrison Ford. This movie is really a supporting character. This movie is all Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Um, And Claire is, she's coming off the accident. She's this, even she says it at one point to her friend, Jody is uh, everybody sees me as like this fragile character. And, you know, I'm not going to break. I'm fine. I'm fine. But like, she's, she's got the empty nest thing with her daughter leaving. She's got the accident that came up the year before and now she's finding out about her husband's affair uh, which mm-hmm. later turns out to be a whole much bigger More than just thing. an affair. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like there's there's a lot at play here. And I mean we're also talking about this. You also got to put this back into context. This is the year 2000. This is, mm-hmm. I think, just before the ring comes to America. So yeah. like This is this does have early sort of ring uh, ring grudge J horror kind of aspects, especially with the the bathtub ghost and the Mm -hmm. um, the lock of hair and her going to the mother's house and and things like that. So there are like these elements that I feel like are pulled from these other ghost stories for sure. Uh, because I do think that this is trying to encompass them all. Even The Others. The Others is around this time, too. I think The Others is slightly before this. But that also mm-hmm. feels like a movie that fits in with this movie as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I I see what you're saying about how the first like rear window part kind of helps set up the character dynamics between Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford. It just... The, the the twist just makes, or you notice, it's maybe it's not the twist per se. It's the fact that the movie never goes back to
1: that story or those characters. Yeah, that they makes that just first part up. of the movie
0: feel irrelevant to me. You know,
1: no, I and I agree. I think it would be like even that's why I'm saying like you need that kind of wrap up. Even if she's back at the house and they're bringing a casserole over, you know that kind of thing. But that, the idea that might not is, have been enough. No, no, no. But maybe, you, but you get what I'm saying is like I some, mean, do, somehow do to something, to maybe, them?
0: Maybe like maybe like have Michelle Pfeiffer and the wife, you know, become friends and then have her kind of you know be involved in the story somehow a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Or, no, or that, something that could something work like too. Yeah. That, but any you know?
1: regardless, we we ended up with the movie we got. So.
0: Well, yeah. No, of
1: course, of course. But what re- like i said what that really does is it's to show her as nuts like it's to it's mm-hmm. for Harrison Ford to be able to like promote his version of the story later because they've all seen think about every time anyone in uh Norman Spencer's circle sees Claire all right mm-hmm. there's the-, the only time that she's semi normal is at the dinner with uh her one of her old friends is at the dinner that she played in the Philharmonic with uh, Wendy Crewson plays her, uh, Wendy Crewson being the, the mom from the Santa Claus. That's the, really the only thing that I know her from. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, but yeah, Elena and Dr. Stan. Yeah. They, they go on a date with them to a restaurant and mm-hmm. who brings up that she's hearing voices and seeing ghosts. Norman yeah. does. No, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so like, there's definitely, this element where because he says at the end, when you started bringing up the ghost thing, I thought you knew right off the bat. So mm-hmm. he's been planning the story. He's been planting the seeds of the story in case he needs to take her out from the start of the film. And I yeah. think that, like I think that's incredible. I think it's an incredible way to 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 weave that in there. I think it could have been done better, but I do really enjoy it. I think it's I think it speaks a lot to uh, to the film.
0: OK, I I think that's fair. I get, uh, I, now I get more why you would like it. But for me, just overall, I just found, uh, especially the horror, I thought was, it, it just, th- like the scares felt really generic. It just felt like, you know, the movie, it, it feels like the movie is trying too hard. To scare you like it, it feels it, 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 it's tough to put into words like you know sometimes you watch a movie and the scares just don't work
1: and yeah it's a, you're, what you're talking just, about is like it's oversaturated You it, like, no, it's
0: not that it's oversaturated it's just it's, it builds just up too much and
1: the, uh, so is, one of the thing I think Alan Silvestri's score first of all I think is I think it's really good um, mm-hmm. and I think it adds a whole lot to that atmosphere and that's what I really think this movie is, is I think it's just very atmospheric
0: you think so because see to me again it, it felt like the movie was was trying to artificially was trying to like manufacture atmosphere rather than draw the atmosphere out from the events that are actually happening on screen okay no, you know, that, I, that, that's just you know what it felt like to me
1: So it it just didn't work. The one thing, the one thing that I always get with this one is, and I was trying to figure it out this time too, was what sets Claire off into the suspicion or the, go, like with the ghost, like what is the thing there? Because there could be 10 different ways that that, when that actually happens, when the ghost finally like comes out. Because mm-hmm. it's all very small, and you know, blah 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 blah. And for a lot of it, yeah, it could have been the fact that she knew about it because we know that she walked in on them once. She was there. She tells you know, there's a whole story about it in there that she tells uh, Norman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, you know, it came back to her because when, that was the night of her accident. Well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so when when is it that? that the ghost sort of reveals herself. It's also a year later. Is it because her daughter goes away? Is it because she spent too long in the water at the very beginning of the film? Like we really, there's no, there's no sort of like moment, you know, on that mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah, yeah. interesting. Uh, Cause most movies will, will give you that specific point where you can go like, okay, well that's where everything went from normal to nuts.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, that, that, that is a bit, a bit different from you know from what we <clears throat> normally get
1: <laughs> had to do it right i mean he's also I mean, like where this has that that whole uh hitchcockian factor i i often wonder if that's on purpose
0: <laughs> what oh the <laughs> yeah because
1: is. the other part of that is instead of it being his mother it's it's his father like that he's like obsessed with.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so, it's, <laughs> it's a bit of a different kind of obsession.
1: It, well, it is. It's obviously <laughs> supposed to be a like tip of the cap to it, but it's, mm. it's still kind of there. Right. Right. I, 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 I can see that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it could, it, it, a it, it could be a, a, a bit of an homage to, yeah. you know, to psycho and Hitchcock and, and all that.
1: But yeah. So I, I do, th- I think a lot of this movie is uh for, you know, just that era of mm-hmm. the film. But on top of that, he's also one of the big things about this movie, too, that really, especially now, 23 years later, I think is extremely relevant is how about like this guy's super privileged Mm -hmm. (laughs) going around killing people. This is the kind of movie that you would have seen like I'm pretty sure we have seen in sort of more of a frat house setting where it's like the young doctor or whomever like kills a girl and gets away with it. Kind of thing, you know, oh, they've got their whole life ahead of them. But instead of that being the case, this is, you know, these are much older people,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: we're dealing with. We're dealing with people in the um, middle age, mi- Yeah, middle age right. lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's different. It's very. And that I think I don't know. I like it. I just I just get along with it better because it's not mm-hmm. the same schlock. <laughs> so it's different yeah, it's- schlock. All right, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. So speaking
0: of schlock, the ending yeah. of this movie, am I the only one who thinks that the ending of this movie is reminiscent of Friday the 13th Part 7?
1: <laughs> which one is Part 7? What happens at the end of Part 7? So, so se- oh, come on, Sean. Wait, wait How, which I- which one is Part 7? Sean, and I'm not even the slasher guy. Wait, here. wait, wait, wait. Hold on, it's right here. Part <laughs> no, seven
0: is like the new blood.
1: There. Oh, okay. So this is the one that happens at the lake with the uh, telekinesis. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Th- that, first of all, I think that's my favorite one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, because w- that girl that uh, Jason comes inside just like whips her into a corner, <laughs> and oh. it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the end of it. I.
0: So 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 the way I remember it, 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 it I could be wrong because it's been like. Probably, you know, almost 30 years since I've seen this movie. Um, Well, probably closer to 2025. I'm not that old. Um, But uh, what I remember is Jason's like on the pier of Crystal Lake and the girl is... In my head, I remember her as being like just like on the shore, but she might have been on the pier too. Doesn't matter. And she uses her telekinesis to have her dad's corpse come up out of the water
1: Oh yeah, reverse and, and, and uh Friday the 13th one, yeah. Uh
0: yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, and, yeah, and, I remember and, she and breaks me, remember what you saying? She breaks the dock and the, everything mm-hmm. just sort yeah, of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, okay.
0: Yeah, and to except, yeah, to an extent. So, <laughs> yeah, so the of this one with the girl's corpse, you know, I mean she she doesn't grant she doesn't like, you know, drag Harrison Ford down into the water. He's already in the water, but she holds him down and keeps him there. So For me, that just, you know, reminded me of Friday the 13th, part seven.
1: I like the poetry aspect of it. I think it's, I think it's an extremely romantic angle to have the mistress that wanted, wanted him to leave his wife, get to spend, you know, he's like, I wanted to spend the rest of my life with you is what he says to Claire. Mm -hmm. Right. And Madison was saying Mm -hmm. the same thing to, to Ford's character. So the end where she you know obviously the claire's found out that uh norman is a murderer (laughs) having Mm -hmm. an affair like obviously he's just a control freak uh narcissist and a workaholic it doesn't Mm -hmm. care about her at all like figured all of this out and says you can have her and that's what she gets you know she gets her wish harrison ford uh gets gets sort of the short end of the stick but I kind of think he deserves it here. So Obviously, yeah, he totally deserves. He's, he's
0: <laughs> you know, he's the villain of the movie.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. But out of curiosity, the mm-hmm. Caitlyn, who's the daughter? Okay. What happens when she comes home? Like, I don't <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah, that's a that's something. Yeah, Um. by the way, your stepdad, he's uh Not gonna be around anymore,
0: you know. That's why they should make what lies beneath two (laughs) and bring back the legacy characters, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I mean, that's how you do do a sequel,
0: you know, 23 (laughs) years later.
1: (laughs) 23 years later, yeah. First of all, Michelle Pfeiffer still to this day looks great. I uh, Mm -hmm. was it the Ant Man movies, Ant Man yeah,
0: yeah. and the Wasp and Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania, yeah.
1: Yeah, no. Um, she could be married and to somebody like forty years younger to her. I'm available. Forty might Michelle. be a bit. Um, I,
0: <laughs> I, are you forty years younger than her?
1: I don't know. I'm just saying I'm available. It's, it's okay. I don't think Michelle. I, I don't know was, how old she is. I crush on that. Yeah, I I, I crush on that.
0: Fair enough. For sure. Fair enough.
1: Did you see Batman I, Returns? <laughs>
0: yeah have it on blu-ray
1: that was the Come first on. movie i saw in the theater uh when really I was a kid. yeah really oh or nice. at least the first one i remember seeing let's put it that right, way because right. i don't know if that... okay.
0: yeah. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah no Batman returns all right
0: <laughs> so anyway so back to what lies beneath two um
1: <laughs> that was a confession that was <laughs> hey
0: you know it's it's we're in, you're in a safe, you're in a safe place, Sean. You know, I guess I hope here. so.
1: It's very cathartic to admit that. Yeah. <laughs> and, you
0: know, it's what it's what horror is all about, it's catharsis.
1: <laughs> sometimes, and then sometimes you get the scary ending. <laughs>
0: well, th- th- that's catharsis too. You know, you 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 get to release your emotions out into the universal flow of the universe.
1: So, what do you, Okay, uh there's another uh, there's one character in this movie that Okay, well there's a couple things in this movie that I don't know where to begin this part of the conversation. The just go for it. All right. So she goes, she thinks she's going nuts. She goes to see a therapist. Another thing that was pushed on her by Norman. If you're paying attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, She has, she doesn't want anything to do with it, but the, the advice first of all is, Hey, try to make contact. And uh, she goes out when she buys a Ouija board, Uh, which Mm -hmm. I, I think is, you know, I I think it's fun, but you go. That is, is that the kind of advice that you're getting in therapy? <laughs>
0: you know, no. First of all, <laughs> um, I mean, th- yeah that that part was weird because you would think a therapist. I, I mean, maybe the movie is trying to like subvert her expectations because generally when she goes to a therapist and tells him. Oh, you know, I'm experiencing, you know, supernatural, po- possibly ghostly phenomena. Generally, the therapist, can be like, no, 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 it's not ghostly You know, it, it's got to be something psychological. Uh, so let's, uh,
1: <laughs> let's, let's,
0: yeah. let, let's yeah, work like, through this. like,
1: hmm, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> your your ghosts are manifesting from your trauma from the year prior. Yeah, exactly. And like, exactly. And that is, like I said, you could totally make that movie too, that it's just, there's nothing supernatural here. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, so, so maybe the movie's trying to subvert her expectations by having the therapist not only believe her that it, it is genuinely supernatural, but also encourage that and encourage her to go out and buy a Ouija board and make contact. I mean, it ends up being super weird and feeling completely out of place,
1: but maybe that's <laughs> what it was going for.
0: I mean, the, honestly, that that, that 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 to me seems like the best explanation of
1: that. Well, I do think you know? all of the other characters in you know we've already talked about the the neighbors. I I feel like they're all a little out of place. Uh, even her friend Jody, the confession is it's strange, right? Like uh, she knew that norman had been seeing someone else because she saw them together at a Mm -hmm. at another restaurant and then he lies to claire about it later when she asks Mm -hmm. him point blank about it have you ever been here before and he's like no never heard of it so yeah there's a whole lot of you know (laughs) a whole lot of reasons not to like norman (laughs) but with with jody you get, you know, she's like, please don't hate me like all of this, and like, obviously I I don't know, like, I think that that is a really hard scene <laughs> that hard is a really tough, so. like with just just being able to, like, I wish that I could be as calm as as is in that scene where she's like, oh, I don't blame you, I'm like I would, I'd be mad I would be mad oh,
0: okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, but well, but at the same time, though, um, and and maybe I'm just not re- not remembering something, but when Michelle Pfeiffer found out about it, she like I mean she didn't immediately forget, obviously, but she forgot quickly enough that her friend wouldn't have known that she knew about it, right?
1: I suppose I suppose that's true, but the the idea is that regardless, the friend knew about what was happening. No, no, I mean, yeah,
0: I mean, the the only reason I bring that up is because because initially I was going to say, well, you know, to be, you know, in her defense, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer did know about it at one point, but then I was thinking, no, she would have forgotten it before her friend would have known that she found out. You know, so 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 that wouldn't have kind of explained her silence
1: about it you know i mean you you can look at it that way if you'd like to but i i try to put myself in the person's shoes rather than looking at the story as a whole on this one because mm-hmm. if i'm that person i'm i'm going to be upset and rather I, oh no of course I, the idea is of the idea is that i think forgiveness is is welcome and maybe even eventually i could get to that that point of forgiveness mm-hmm. but uh, initially, I don't think that I would have had that reaction that, that Pfeiffer has in that scene. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. That's all. I think I would just me be, I, like I said, I think I'd just be mad. I do think that that's a little, you know, I thought that one, that part of it was just a little strange. But, you know, Claire is just a better person than me, I guess. You know, she can, she can roll with it now that she knows.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, is there anything else that you have a burning desire to discuss about this movie
1: i don't think so i think we got it all um let's see imdb trivia real quick director robert zemeckis filmed this while oh while production for castaway was shut down so tom hanks could lose weight for the character (laughs) really yeah hey you gotta you gotta keep working you know
0: i mean yeah that's true
1: Michelle Pfeiffer stated in an interview that she used Drew Barrymore's method of projecting fear to help her get into the character.
0: Wonder what that method is.
1: <laughs> Here's one. Five different versions of the bathroom set were constructed so various parts of the same scene could be filmed at different times on opposite coasts. Really? That So that that's, that's really strange. Like I think that's really funny. Well, I mean a lot of this movie takes place in the in the bathroom.
0: Mm-hmm. But uh
1: my guess is that going back and forth between Castaway and this you you know and depending on where your actors are you probably would need <laughs> to get them in that bathroom i mean yeah.
0: as soon as possible
1: <laughs> um pfeiffer and ford were directors zemeckis's first and only choices for the roles of clara norman uh mm-hmm. and the house depicted in the film was used for day scenes only it was torn down after filming because it didn't meet local building codes the rooms were duplicated on an LA soundstage for the night scenes. Huh. Okay. And that is the trivia okay. for what lies beneath.
0: All right. So I think we've uh, we've uncovered what lies beneath, and we've we found it, and then we drowned okay. it.
1: Well, before we before we conclude, you know, I did pick mm-hmm. this. I did pick this movie because we did Martyrs Lane uh, a mm-hmm. few mm-hmm. weeks back, probably right. months now. I don't. Five have any concept of time so um so i thought that you'd be more into this like first of all the color palette i think is extremely similar between the two films and
0: Uh, i can see that yeah
1: and on top of that sort of the the pseudo ghost story sure this is this is more of an adult thriller angle than a you know kids kids as ghosts kind of mentality Mm -hmm. but i kind of thought the go like ghost story so this was actually meant to be like (laughs) <laughs> uh, I was trying to see, I was trying to gauge you a little bit here and see, okay, mm. well, you know, and then yeah. um, regard like beyond that, I, th- you, did you like the night house or were you anti the night house?
0: I love the night house.
1: I think oh, that the night this house is
0: so good.
1: I think that this has a lot of similar quality, like um, between the way, the way that the Nighthouse ends and the ghost character in this film I think have a lot of potential. The husband doing things that the wife no, wait, doesn't wait. know about. I
0: mean, that, yes, but beyond... wait, 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 so how how are the endings similar?
1: I didn't say that the endings were similar. I said the ending from the nighthouse is very very similar to the way that the ghost in this film died.
0: Oh. So wait. remember
1: at the end where Rebecca jumps into the water? From the the boat mm mm-hmm. yeah, and you kind of almost have this ambiguous thing, but she gets pulled out like instead of it being ambiguous it's it's over right, right, there is that quality of a water, there is that quality of suicide that there is in both films, and there is the quality of the husband just sort of not i mean yes, they, and the wife not knowing what's going on, like just
0: okay, so so with the suicide thing, like are you just talking about when um Oh my gosh. When Michelle Pfeiffer comes home and, and find Harrison Ford in the tub and looks like he tried to kill himself.
1: Well, yeah, well that wasn't, that was obviously the ruse or whatever, but right, sure. Right. But there's also, um, there's also scenes in which Ford tries to make it look like a suicide on that end. And he tries oh, to make oh. it look like a suicide with the oh, other wait,
0: uh, um Oh, you mean he tried to make it look like a suicide when he kills them.
1: Yeah. Tries to, really.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, so. that's his mo I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's. I think that's a very, that's a very thin similarity. Um, that
1: part maybe, but the the other part with the husband and wife situation, I mean, yes. where her, you know, she, uh, he's obviously dead in the other film, but uh yeah, she's still I, figuring I mean, out like this weird stuff, and for a time there, she thinks he's a killer.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, that, 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 there's some similarity there. I don't know.
1: I just thought that you would enjoy this movie. That was that was really where I was going with okay, this. Is that, so, okay, so – And it was based on I th- I thought you liked The Night House, and I I know, mm-hmm. and uh, we did Martyrs Lane a few weeks back. So yeah, I was so. trying to present you with something that you'd be more into. <laughs> this was not like you know Blades, where I was like, I fucking love Blades, you know, like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so so this is kind of a, a last week situation or last episode situation but regardless.
1: yeah where you were trying to introduce me to something you think i'd like and i tried to do the reciprocate so yeah, yeah.
0: so so for, i mean for you you're, you're not wrong because this is the this, this is the kind of movie that i would like it's just the execution especially of the horror just doesn't do it for me and that's fair it, you know it, so it, it's more just an execution thing just it doesn't work for me but fair enough it, it is the kind of thing that if you're trying to find a movie that i would like this does you know this is more it, your it,
1: tome yeah, yeah. This, is, this is more in your wheelhouse
0: yeah it just this particular one just isn't yeah. for me you know
1: but we're i appreciate just ne- you trying we, to we're, we're never gonna <laughs> find something like like other than some of the classics other, obviously other than like,
0: moon garden
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's like Moon Good. That was it. We're going to have to review yeah. that at the end of the year or, so, or next year or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man.
0: All right. So I uh, think we've beaten this dead horse enough. Um, all right. So next time, our next episode.
1: What are we watching, JP?
0: Ooh, all right. So this is a movie that, when we decided to do a podcast, I knew immediately we were going to talk about this movie. Oh, you
1: were this breaking is, out
0: the big guns. Uh, kind of, yeah. Okay. So this, this this is a movie that has been one of my absolute favorites for pro- pretty much as long as I can remember. Um, I saw this movie as a kid, and I, I I just loved it, and I've loved it ever since. And I don't think you've seen it. I think you have said that you haven't seen it. Uh, but I could be wrong. Oh. So we are gonna be watching Drumroll Please.
1: The Monster Squad. No, I've seen Monster Squad. Oh really? I thought you mentioned yeah. sure you've <laughs> never seen it. No, I hadn't seen it up until uh, a year ago. Uh, we oh, we did okay. it for we did it for a Hobbs night. We did a uh, we did it over really? Twitch. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think pretty, I, um, I think I might have been hosting that one too because yeah, we, well, I think we lost whoever was supposed much all of them. to. That seems to be how I get all my gigs now. Yeah, it's yeah. just hey, um, this person said they do that, now we get no one. I'll Hey, save our, the our day. second
0: choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 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 real quick, just a little preview. do you do you like the monster squad?
1: This is the like just to make sure because there's the monster squad, the monster club, the Little monsters, and there's a million <laughs> films with the titles very similar. But Monster Squad is the one. Uh, the boys, the it's boys and a little girl, I think. Very like Psycho mm-hmm. Gorman sort of situation where they meet the bit. like Universal Monsters. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. and it's not yeah. Universal Monsters because it's it's a because Sony they don't film. have the rights. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Wolfman's got Nards.
0: Oh yes.
1: Okay. Yes, I love okay. that line. <laughs> yep, this is the movie I think it is. Mm-hmm. So, right. Very cool. Yeah, no, I like this movie. Yeah. All this, right, is cool. a lot. this is a lot of fun.
0: All right, good, good. Yeah, I, I can't wait to talk about it. I Honestly, I can't wait to rewatch this movie. You know?
1: Yeah, this There's will be a fun. Having an excuse I'm to watch you. it.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So uh, that's going to be our next movie. Um, if you guys want to read stuff we write, Um, other people write stuff there too. You should check it out. Um and that's it so hope you guys enjoyed this episode and uh, join us again in two weeks for the Monster Squad alright bye bye
1: bye everybody